Well, if you'll turn in your Bibles today, we're going to start in Romans 10 in just a second. So you can look there and um, I'm going to get to that in just a second, but I want to kind of set it up first. We talked last week, I called the sermon, Why God Gave Us Words. I want you to say words. If you are uh, newer, I do like feedback. I like feedback. I like uh, you to talk with me. It helps me preach. It helps everybody stay engaged. So I encourage you uh, to just jump in with us. You know what they say, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Amen. Um, It'll help you stay engaged. I encourage you to take notes as well. It'll just help you all have some points and some things that I mentioned today that will help you. And so last week we talked about why God gave us words. And we talked about a list of the things that we can do with our words. We're not like other mammals who don't have words, animals and things like that. They may make sounds. They have noises. But other than a parrot, we've got words. We've got sentence structures. We've got things that we can say and do. And the Bible tells us, we looked last week at Proverbs, there is life and there is death in the power of our tongue. Y'all say, there's life, there's death, in the power of my tongue. You could say it this way, and I don't think it would do any harm to the scripture. You could say, in the power of my words. In the power of your words are life and death. And so we talked last week about a litany of things that we can do with our words. We can praise him. We can magnify him. We can glorify him. We can pray to him. How many of y'all have been praying more than ever during this season? Amen. 20-something weeks now going on of coronavirus. And as I said earlier, man, we need more Jesus than we've ever needed before. To speak authoritatively over sickness, disease, and any attack of the enemy. That's one of the reasons why God gave us words. I'd like to dive into that soon, but that's not for today. Last week we talked about confessing our faith. And speaking to mountains in our life. We looked at Mark 11, 23. I encourage you, you can connect with our YouTube channel, our podcast, and go back and listen to that message. You can, uh, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can listen to that sermon and hear all of that. Uh, Not to toot my own horn, but it was a good message. It'll help you. Because the words we speak matter. As a matter of fact, I'm not just talking about the words that you say in church. I'm not just talking about the words that you say when you're praying or when you're singing. I'm talking about everyday words. The words you say all the time. You know, the Bible doesn't put any stipulation on the, when it said there's life and death in the power of your tongue. It didn't say only when you're in church. Only when you're praying. It just said there's life and death in the power of your tongue. Hebrews tells us to hold fast to the confession of our faith. And if you were to study that, that word confession there means to literally say the same thing. In other words, keep saying the same thing over and over again. Well, what are we saying? We're saying God's word. He was describing there in Hebrews what it means to be saved and what it means to have Jesus in your life. And in order to know that and to recognize that and to to comprehend that at a higher level, you have to hold fast to that confession. What are you trying to say today, Pastor? I'm trying to tell you. That the words you say matter. As a matter of fact, they do three things. Everybody say three. They do three things. You can write this down if you'd like to. The words you speak identify you. The words you speak, they identify you. If you want to know what you look like, if you want to know how other people view you, 
If you want to know what kind of world you're creating with your words, just listen to yourself. I know it would be silly to record ourselves and play it back, but can you imagine if you did, what would you hear? Would you hear faith? Would you hear positivity? Or would you hear a regurgitation of the world's narrative? Would you hear a regurgitation of the devil's narrative? Because the, the Bible's clear in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus came to bring us life and life more abundantly. What does that mean? That means that we're supposed to have life, baby. Come on, look to your neighbor. You don't have to, 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 to touch him or get too close to him now, all right? But just look to your neighbor and tell him, we're supposed to have life, baby. Now, if that wasn't your husband or wife, don't say baby, okay? But no, we're supposed to have life. John 10.10 says that he came to bring us life and life more abundantly. He came to bring us a good life. He came to bring us eternal life. That means that we're supposed to have life on earth that's good and life in heaven forever with him. What did the devil come to do? He came to bring us death, destruction, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what the Bible says. Is killing and destroying coming out of your mouth? I'm encouraging you during the season to evaluate your words, to evaluate the things that you're saying, to evaluate where, where is your mouth taking you? Where is it taking you? Have you ever been like in an airport or in a public place and they say, will you please direct your attention to, you ever heard anybody say that? Please direct your attention to, and then blah, blah, blah. What happens? Everybody goes, hmm? wherever they want you to direct your attention to, right? What did I say when I walked off the stage? Turn your attention to the screens. Well, my words caused you to change your direction. If you were looking down, if you were on your phone, if you were looking around, you stopped, hopefully, if you were listening, and at least for a second, you turned your attention to the screens. Your words can change your direction. Let me, let me rephrase that. Your words will change your direction. They will, because the Bible says they will. Your words matter. The words you choose matter. The life and death that you want or, or, or have the opportunity to create matter. And so the words that come out of your mouth matter. I want to talk to you today about not only the words that you speak, but how you get the words that you get. How you get the words that you have and what to do with those. Because the Bible's clear, and one of the things I mentioned last week that we're supposed to do with our words is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. The words that we use identify us. Check this out. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now notice here in that verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. See, it's not just that we believe Jesus died on the cross. It's not just that we believe he saved us. It's that I confess it. It's that I can, I'm saved because I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That's important. That's crucial that you get that. That your mouth is just as much of a part of saving you as your heart is. 
Most people don't realize that. Most people miss that point altogether. That's why when we talk about faith like I did last week, that it's important the confession you have of your faith. See, you can believe that God wants to heal you because the Bible says it, but are you saying it? You can believe that God wants to save your neighbor, but are you talking to them? Are you confessing to them? Are you preaching to them? Oh, I'm not a preacher. That's okay, I am. Invite them to church. And I'll I'll help. That's what God's called me to do. I'll come back to that in a second. Number two, so number one, what does words do? They, They identify you. Number two, the words you speak They set boundaries. They set the boundaries of your life. Good and bad. For instance, if you say, oh, I'll never, then you'll never. I'll never be a singer. I'll never play guitar. I'll never be good at that. I'll never get a raise. I'll always have that blah, blah, blah pain or that blah, blah, blah sickness. Or my mommy and daddy had such and such, so I guess I'll probably get that sickness too. These are things that we confess. These are things that we talk. These are things that we say that I hear people say all the time. All the time. You don't even realize you're speaking into existence. See, what I would be saying is that mommy and daddy might have had, my my grandfather might have had heart disease. I'm going to just use me for an example. My grandfather might have had heart disease, but, but God's word says, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. So my heart is whole. My veins are whole. And if I do what the Lord tells me to do and I have the diet and the things that I'm supposed to do and I listen, see, God will direct you on that stuff. He'll tell you not to eat certain things and, and to, to stay away from certain things that will hurt you. God leads us into the still waters, into the green pastures. Why, why then would I say anything otherwise? Why would I confess heart disease just because my grandfather had it? I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm going to say the opposite. I'm going to say, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Y'all say that with me. Say, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. healed. There, you got to say it like Miss Carmen with some attitude. Say, I am healed. Put some attitude on it. I like it, Miss Carmen. The words we have set boundaries to our life. They identify us. And they set boundaries to our life. Negative, but also positive. For instance, you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, I can't say that myself and not get excited. Because it doesn't matter what I'm faced with, what challenge is ahead of me. It doesn't matter what I'm looking at, what is around me, what kind of, what kind of, it doesn't matter what I'm looking at, I can do it. I have, it's not just an attitude, it's a belief. Why? Because I've confessed it. Why am I confessing it? Because God's word says it. I heard a great man of God say this, and I love this statement. If God's word says it, that settles it. That settles it. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to, to speculate. I don't, we walk by faith and not by sight. So the words that we use set the boundaries of our life. And the words we speak, number three, the words we speak affect our spirit. I like to clarify this periodically. 
You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Y'all say that with me. Say, I, ha- I am a spirit. I live in a body. And I have a soul. Your soul is what? Your mind, will, and emotions. Your body is obviously the suit that you live in. But the real you, the real you, the real person of who you are is your spirit. Why does that matter? Because the words you say and the words you listen to affect your spirit. I don't have time to teach on all of that, but I hit on some of that last week. You can go and listen to the sermon. I want to talk to you today about changing your direction. About changing your direction with your words and more importantly, changing the direction of those around you. Because the Bible tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Let me show you another verse, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to give you a second to turn over there so that you can look at it with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. There are so many people. Every day I see people, every day I talk to people that need Jesus, that need help, that need faith, that need a word. I remember so many times growing up, going to, going to church, I would, I would have Pastor Steve, I, I, let me put it this way. I put myself in position where my pastor, who pastors our home church in Florence, South Carolina, Family Worship Center, where we came from, he would speak into my life. And those words would change my direction. Number one, I put myself in a position where he could do that. Number two, I listened. My ears were attentive to my pastor. And I allowed him to speak into my life and to help change the direction of my life. I remember one time, actually numerous times, he would say, I'd come back from college. How many of us went to college? And, you know, it wasn't, you know... What my, what my best days <laughs> as far as my walk with Jesus, amen? At least the first few years. I had to get saved about halfway through. Come on, y'all can laugh in church. That was funny. I did. I did, okay? Had a, had a little bad stint there. But no, seriously, I, I remember I would come back and he would talk to me. He would be like, hey, JT, keep your heart soft. Keep your heart soft. And the first couple times, I didn't quite understand what he was saying, but he kept saying it. I mean, numerous times. Keep your heart soft. Keep your heart soft. Well, I knew what he was trying to say. It, 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 the, the word, again, I, I wanted to hear from him. I wanted him to, to, to help shape me. And, and he, would, he was telling me to, to keep my heart. Don't let my heart get hardened by the things of the world to where I can't hear from God. To where God can't speak to me. To where God can't help me. To where God can't direct me. And he, those, those words changed the direction of my life. Because then when I'd go back to school, I'd hear those words. I'd go home to Florence, then I'd go back to Clemson, and I'd hear those words. I'd get in a situation around some people, and I'd hear, keep your heart soft. Words matter. And the words we hear matters, but also the words that you speak matter. See, you've got influence. This is where I really want to get today. You've got a coworker. You've got a neighbor. You've got a friend that I don't have. And we're called, are y'all in 2 Corinthians chapter 5? We're called to be ministers of reconciliation. I'm going to explain that in a second. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to be. That's what we're, we're, we're called to change other people's direction. To influence the direction on their life. 
And see, as you work on changing your direction and on changing your life and letting God work on you and direct you and lead you, you begin to see and identify other people that aren't going your way. Now, you can leave them or you can say, hey, come with me. Because God's doing something in my life. And I'm not going to that, that, down that path anymore. I'm not going to clubs and parties anymore. I'm not doing all that mess anymore because God's done something for me. And God's got a plan for me. And God's got a word for me. And God's got direction for me. And I'm going with him, baby. And I want you to come with me. And you can begin to take your words and reconcile them. Check this out. Verse 17, 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to start... In verse 17, this particular verse gets quoted quite often, but we don't always quote the verses after it. So we're going to go all the way to 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone, say anyone. anyone. See, every, salvation is available to anyone. It's available to everyone. It doesn't matter how much you've messed up, how much your neighbor's messed up. Your brother that you thought, man, you thought he might be the devil himself. He, he deserves Jesus too. Anyone. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new, what? Creation. Everybody say new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. To clarify there, what gets made new when we're saved? Our spirit. Remember, I clarified that just a second ago. The inside of you, the real you, the real part of you, that's what God makes new. That's why when you, when you give your life to Jesus, which is the, that's what we call being saved, right? So when we say someone is saved, that means that Jesus has saved them and they've given their life to Jesus. When, once you do that, once you do that, something on the inside of you says, no, we don't do that anymore, right? It's not that your flesh doesn't still want that cigarette, it's not that your flesh doesn't want the alcohol anymore. It's, that, it's not that your flesh doesn't lust anymore. It's that your inside goes, no, no, we don't do that. We don't do that anymore. JT, no, we don't do that anymore. We're, we're going this way. God's got something for you. And that, that, that path has nothing but death. That path, Satan is stealing from you. That path will hurt you. Jesus came to bring you life and life more abundantly. So our spirit begins to deal with us. I'm going somewhere with this. Y'all track with me. Now, the rest of this, starting in verse 18. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. I know that's not a term we would say very often nowadays, but I want you to say this with me. Say the ministry of reconciliation. So the ministry of reconciliation is this. It explains it. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. In other words, God sent Jesus to the world so that he could save the world. John 3.16 tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, so Jesus came to reconcile. All right, to take those that are lost, those that are serving anyone other than Jesus, anything other than Jesus, and bring them back to Jesus. To change or redirect their life. Everybody say redirect. redirect. Sometimes we just need to redirect. Sometimes we just need to refocus. 
Sometimes we need somebody's words, like the words I'm speaking today, to redirect our life and say, no, I'm not going that way anymore. I'm not doing that thing anymore. And here it's telling us that Jesus did that and then gave us that ministry. Jesus came. He reconciled people to him. He redirected them to him and then said, I'm giving you the ministry of redirection. I'm giving you the ministry of reconciliation. Let's keep going. Has committed us to the world, or excuse me, the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Everybody say ambassadors. Ambassador. Ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us. If you don't get anything today, I want you to get this. You and I have a responsibility to help redirect people. We have a responsibility. We have a job. We have a ministry. We have, we're all ministers. Ministers. We're all ministers. It's not all me. Now, maybe your ministry is as simple as inviting someone to church, bringing somebody with you. Maybe that's just sending them the link online. Something, man. Get the word to them. Minister, ministers of reconciliation, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become righteousness of God. The last part of that verse is saying that you'll be saved, you'll become the righteousness of God because someone reconciled you. Everyone in this room, somebody told you about Jesus. It may have been your mom, it may have been your dad, it may have been a preacher, it may have been your, your, gra- your grandma or your, your, your auntie, I don't know. Someone told you about Jesus. Someone told you about how good he is. Someone told you, someone invited you here today. Somehow, it may have been Google, but somebody redirected you here today. If it was Google, I guess technically that would be our website and the people who directed you there. Okay, anyways, the point is, somehow you got redirected. You got redirected. You and I have a job to redirect. Romans 10, to go back there. Romans 10, verses 14 and 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall someone get saved? How can someone get saved without a preacher? That's what Paul's saying in in Romans there. He's saying, man... How can someone get saved unless someone preaches? Unless someone tells them? Unless our words direct or redirect somebody. We have a job. We have a ministry. We have a task. We have a a directive straight from heaven. To use the words that we have to reconcile somebody. And I'm telling you now more than ever, and I know you know it because you're here. You're here today. You know that the world needs Jesus, that you need Jesus, that I need Jesus, that we need healing. We need restoration. But first, the first step is reconciliation. The first step is a redirection. The first step is, hey, you you know what? You've been at home for 23 weeks. It's time to come back to church. It's time to come back to his house. It's time to come back and worship him. It's time to come back. You know, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. There's something about being in the house and being with other believers and being with each other where someone can say, hey, um, 
Where were you last week? See, nobody likes that, but that's somebody who loves you. Amen. And that's somebody's words that say, you're, you were supposed to be in church on Wednesday and, and, and you weren't here. Where were you? Now, legitimately, some of us have work. We have things that come up and the Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Amen. You got to work. But if you're just skipping out on church because you had a bad day on Tuesday, then some of us have got to come alongside that and lift you up and redirect you. Use our words to redirect you. And so I, I, get, I get why we're where we're at today as far as, as the things that are going on in the world and the pandemic and all that. But we've sanitized the building. We're trying to space out as much as we can. I'm trying to encourage everybody to be socially distant. I'm wearing masks when I can. Uh, we're, we're doing temperature checks on children when we open the children's ministry. We're being as safe as we can. I guarantee you it's safer here than Walmart. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to be mean. If you're watching this online, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to get at you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I went to Walmart this week. I put on my mask. I went in. I bought my stuff and I came out come to church and, and, and even better use your words to invite somebody to come with you use your words to redirect somebody to Jesus use your words to reconcile somebody back to a life that's abundant. Man, I tell you what, if there's any life that I want, it's a John 10, 10 kind of life. It's a life that's abundant, a life that's more than enough, a life that where all my needs are met, a life where everything that I could ever ask or imagine is provided for me. Am I going to face stuff? Man, you know I am. The Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous. That means that I'm going to go through stuff. That means that coronavirus might happen. That means that my dishwasher might break and flood my kitchen floor and cause me a whole bunch of mess on the first day in my new house. That happened. It's a real, real true story. I was mopping for two hours, baby, trying to get all that water up. We didn't even have a mop. We had just moved in. I had to go to Food Line, buy a mop, and come back and mop up my floor. But today, I got a new dishwasher because God blessed me with a dishwasher. It's not about a dishwasher. It's not about things. My point is, is that God wants to give me life and life more abundantly. Yes, I'm going to face stuff. Yes, I'm going to have bad days. But the rest of that verse says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver us from them all, man. Woo! God came to deliver us. He came to deliver us. He came to bring us out, to lift us up, to take us from where we were to where we're going, to redirect us. And you and I are a part of that redirection because no one else is going to know that unless you tell them. No one else is going to realize it unless you tell them. Oh, pastor, that's a lot of responsibility. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But God will not ask you to do something you can't do. He would never ask you to do something you're not capable of. Again, maybe you got to figure out how it works for you. Maybe you're not an in-your-face kind of person and it's more like via text. See, I can, I can strike up a conversation with anybody, man. I'll go straight up to, 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 the, to that light tree right there, that, that black pole, and have a conversation with it and pull words out of it. Mr. Shirelle, you're laughing, but you know it's true. But, but, but that might not be you. That's okay. Find some way to use your gifts to reconcile, to redirect to shift someone's life and point them back to Jesus. Brother Andre, you can come and I'm closing up. I want to encourage you guys today 
that God has a plan for you. God has a point for you. God has a desire for your life. He wants to see you and see your neighbors and see your family on a, 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 a path of righteousness, on a path of life. I love that verse, John 10, 10. Life and life more abundantly. We all say that when we say life, life and life more abundantly. Life. Come on, say it one more time. Say abundant life abundant. is for me. God came. Jesus came to give me life and life more abundantly. If you're online watching us today, I want to encourage you to type that out. Say that with us. Put it in the comments. Make it a part of not just saying it on Sunday morning, August 16th, but every say it on Monday. Say it on Tuesday. God came to bring me life and life more abundantly. God came to lift me up. God came to redirect me. God came to point me in the right direction. God has a plan for me. God has things in store for me. God is for me and not against me. Come on, church. I thought you'd get excited with me today. God is for you. I tell you today, I feel compelled to tell you. I feel compelled to remind you. I feel compelled to ask you. Use your words for yourself and your faith. Yes. But don't forget your neighbor. Don't forget the waiter or waitress. Don't forget the, 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 the neighbor or the relative or the trash man or the post office worker. You can tell when somebody's hurting. You can tell when somebody's having a bad day. And your words can help redirect them. Your words can help reconcile them to the best life they'll ever have. The best life they can ever it's not that everything's perfect. It's not all sprinkles and rainbows. But the end of the story is always God is for me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. That's scripture that I'm quoting. My faith is in his word, not, not in mine. God is for you. And he's for your neighbor. He's for your sister and your brother and your mom and your dad and your children. And I'm not here today to make anyone feel bad for not going to church the last 20-something weeks. So if you're watching online, please don't feel bad. We're, we're, we're here and the doors are open and we're doing everything we can to provide an atmosphere for you to come back to church and for you to bring somebody else with you. Maybe you, the reason I'm, 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 I guess I'm saying that is because I know that some of you aren't, you, you aren't gonna go out and literally preach in the streets, but you can bring somebody to church and let me preach to them, right? And I know that, and I, and I get that, and so I don't want you to feel bad. I want to encourage you. I want to implore you to do that, to use what God gave you. Use your words. Why did God give us words? For all the things that I mentioned, but also to go into all the world, to preach the gospel, and to make disciples. To make disciples. Right there where you are, if you'll just stand up on your feet. Maybe you're in this room, or maybe you're watching online. And you're one of two types of people. Maybe you've known Jesus before and you've walked away from him. You just need a redirection. You need to redirect your life. You need to recommit your life to Jesus. Or maybe you've never known Jesus. You're like, man, this is brand new to me. I, I, I want what you're talking about. I want to commit my life to Christ. I want to commit. I, I don't have to know all the details. I just know that that's what I want. If you're online watching us and you stumbled on this page somehow and you found us and that's you, I want you to let us know and I want you to pray this prayer with me. I'm going to pray with you right now. Don't log off yet. Pray with me. 
and say it out loud. Confess with your mouth and say it out loud. And if you're in this room, all of us are going to pray it out loud. All of us are going to confess with our mouth. We're all going to say this. But first, just so I can know and I can help, if you'll bow your heads, everybody bow your heads real quick. I I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to put you on blast. But I just would like to know if that's you in this room so that I can help you, so that I can pray with you, so that I can get some material in your hands. We have free things and free books that we'd like to get to you. If that's you, if you're one of those two types of people, will you just raise your hand and let me know? Will you just raise your hand and let me know? Again, if you're online watching this and that's you, that's, you're one of those two types of people, let me know. You can email us, info at fwccolumbia.com and let us know. Let's all say this prayer with me. If everybody, you can lift up your heads. You guys pray this prayer with me. Say it out loud with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, today I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, the number one in my life. I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth, died on a cross, was buried in a grave, and on the third day rose from the grave alive forevermore. Today, he's seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And I believe that. I confess that. That Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I turn away from the past I leave behind all of my sins and I focus my attention on Jesus. Lord, I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Y'all give, put your hands together for all those.